Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast, Empowering Female Leaders, for women who want to thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. Today, I am pleased to welcome Vinita Gajria. Vinita has over 14 years of experience in HR. She has managed HR practices across three continents and 14 countries, covering strategic and operational HR management in consulting, technology, and across other industries. Her success lies in her strong business acumen, her relationship building skills, and her authenticity. Welcome, Vinita. I'm very happy to have you here. Do you want to add a few words about yourself? Thank you, and I'm happy to be here as well. I think you've introduced me very nicely. Thank you. Um, one of the things I will say in relation to the subject that I am discussing, being in HR, I'm very passionate about people in general right? So that's, that's number one. And also being in the field, there are a lot of women that I work with. And this is another reason why I'm passionate about this topic. When we were preparing the topic of this talk, we came up with the conclusion that actually some of the biggest obstacles that women face in the workplace are other women, that there is a very strong power struggle between women, a strong competition somehow that women do not like, Nonetheless, it is happening everywhere. Can you speak about what is at stake when women compete against each other? There is so much at stake. I mean, this, this issue runs so deeply and it's not new, right? It's, it's been happening over many, many years. I've been working for around 20 years of my life and I've seen it as soon as I entered the workplace. And in terms of what's at stake, you know, we talk about the gender pay gap. This exacerbates it. There's a huge opportunity cost for organizations in terms of bottom line, in terms of lost ideas. And there's a huge opportunity cost personally to people as well. Because when there are these bullying behaviors in the workplace, it impacts career progression. It undermines confidence. And a lot of women will either leave the workplace or you will not even get the best out of them, notwithstanding all the mental issues and loss of confidence that you go through as well. So I think this is so important. It's, it's such an important subject that needs to be addressed and spoken about. How do you explain that this is happening in the workplace? Because when we go, for example, to women networking events or outside of work, there seems to be something like a sisterhood of women. We really want to help each other, empower each other and all of that. And then in the workplace, we meet other women and it's not happening. And there is this specific behavior. And I also have seen it across so many different countries. It's not culture specific. It's really happening all over the world. How do we explain that it happens in the workplace, but that we can live without it and live very well together and support each other outside of the workplace? You're so right when you say that this is not culture specific. I've lived in many different countries and I've seen this everywhere across 
nationalities within multinational organizations, within small businesses. So it's, it's definitely something that pervades across the world. There's something else important that you said that outside the workplace, women are so supportive of each other, whether it's lean and networking events, there is a lot of support. I have personally been supported by so many different women, especially when I've been going through the challenges with other women in the workplace. And so that definitely exists. In terms of the reason why it exists, I think there are so many different reasons. I think one of them is the fact that there's this perception that the higher up you go, there's a limited number of positions available, which is not true. Yes, there might be one senior role available, but there are so many opportunities even within an organization or across different organizations. So this perception that there's only one place is not true and that I have to compete against all of these different people. Yes, of course, you know, at some level, we are all competing if, if you can view it this way, but I would really shift the focus in terms of, I have to be better than her or that person. I would really say, what is it? What is the value that I bring that is unique to me? Because only each one of us has this ability to bring a unique perspective, our unique strengths. We all have that. Um, and I think it's really about shifting the narrative within yourself and then outside that there, that there is opportunity for, for all of us. There's a place for all of us. It's about creating an abundance mindset in ourselves when it comes to different positions that we have at work. But what you were just saying, I'm also thinking about how I live this in my career. And it is true that competing against a man for a similar position, because we might know, okay, this guy might be another candidate for the position that I want to have, feels totally different than competing with a woman for exactly that same position. And somehow it becomes more as if, as if you could compete with the woman because she's a woman, so you compete even more. Yeah. And as if the man anyways judged uh, because of other criteria, and I don't judge now the criteria, what they are, but this is maybe the reason why then we think, okay, let's just be myself and I have to be taken as I am if there's a man, because anyway, he's, he's different. Whereas the woman, we think, oh, we have to, you know, <laughs> I don't know, put out our elbows and do something for ourselves. Is it, um, is it something that you believe that people in organizations can like teach each other by doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, like it starts and you, and you see, you touch on something interesting, right? That when we compete against men, we've been hearing that narrative for a very long time. We're aware of the gender biases, very aware of the pay gaps. We, we speak a lot about that. What we don't speak about is why is it that we become even more competitive with other women? And I think we take it very personally. When it's another woman, it becomes more personal for whatever reason. Maybe there's not that sense of cohesiveness, whatever the reasons are, but the behavior shifts, it changes, it becomes personal and it really, it becomes more damaging, I feel as well. Uh, and I've experienced it. I know other women who've experienced it and it also becomes harder to call out because 
like where we don't have those same platforms like we do around gender discrimination, harassment, but this is also form a form of gender um, discrimination as well. And also, I think organizations really need to have systems and processes set up to call out any behavior, no matter who it comes from. And when I have mentored young women as well who are rising in the workplace, I always tell them that you need to be respected by everyone. If you don't like a behavior, please speak up, even if it's from myself. You must learn to communicate your boundaries and also stand up for yourself. Because the minute you do that, it gives other women and other people permission to do the same. I have worked with some amazing female leaders as well, as some, you know, in addition to, to the not so great behaviors that I've seen displayed. And the one thing that I always say is our leaders are our role models. When I see a woman stand up for herself, speak up, create healthy boundaries, it gives permission to everyone else to do that. What if this woman becomes too intimidating for others because she speaks up? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And how is it that we define too intimidating? And, and what, what are those specific behaviors? Because I've heard this in the workplace. I've heard this also, you know, in, in personal scenarios as well. I think it all really lies within ourselves. We have to create a greater sense of self. If someone is intimidating you, I would really step back and ask the question, what specific behavior is it? Is it because she is speaking up? Is it because she is so vocal? Is it because she's not giving the space for other people to speak up? So really identifying that this specific behavior intimidates me. And then it's really up to you. Like, for example, if you're not getting a place to express your ideas, I think it's really about saying, hey, you know, I would really like to express this particular point of view because I think it might help the organization or our department to achieve certain things. And I think that's one way of doing that, right? And then, of course, if you're not heard, then, you know, we need to think about other ways of approaching this as well. You said as uh, one thing that women can do, you just mentioned it earlier on, was, was already a, a solution path in role modeling, in speaking up, in showing others that they have the permission to do the same just by doing it. What other, what other things can women do if they don't feel like, oh, I'm not ready to speak up? <laughs> is, there, is there something else that they can do to get others on this path? I think empowering is really important, like empowering other women and other people uh, as well. So when you, for example, if, if, if a woman is expressing an idea, hear her out, even if you may disagree with her, even if you think you have a better perspective or a different point of view, at least give someone the respect of hearing them out. You would do that with anyone. So why not do it for and with other women? give them the platform to express themselves. I think that's really important. And I think this empowers other women as well. And if you are in a position of leadership or if you are in a position within HR specifically as well, you know, where, where you have the where you have the input to create policies, I would say start creating policies, start creating processes where this is communicated because it has a huge cost. There's a bottom line, line impact to this. 
Forbes has an article that it costs organizations close to $20 billion as a result of uh, bullying behavior or workplace harassment, because this is also a form of harassment as well. So there's a direct bottom line impact. If you have someone who walks away from this position or they're not bringing their best to the organization, it, it impacts the bottom line. You're paying someone, but you're not getting what you should out of them. And I think, you know, it's really about collecting these data points and presenting them to people in leadership positions saying that there is a bottom line cost. There is, there is a wellness impact. There is a career progression impact. There's a gender pay gap impact as well. We need to walk our talk. Diversity and inclusion starts with each one of us. This is an issue of diversity and, and inclusion as well. Yes, absolutely. And it relates to our own behavior, obviously. And I think what you said before is about this visibility piece, to make it visible, to bring it to the table. Because in, in the overall discussion, also in women networks, for example, it's all about positioning ourselves. It is about positioning ourselves in a male-dominated world or a world shaped by men and by behavioral codes shaped by men. And all of this is true. But as you say, it's not visible enough to put also the finger on this piece between women. And I have spoken to many women, as you did as well. And I hear very often, actually, you know, the worst boss I ever had was a woman. And I, I always struggled so much with having a, a female boss because she didn't give me the air to breathe. I, I, I felt like always if I was good at my job I was like a threat to her or that's, that was the feeling so she was kind of keeping me small and all of these behaviors that we see out there many many women struggle with it and see it but I think pronouncing it and I'm aware that we are doing this now obviously with this talk seems to be somehow a little bit of a taboo as if it would break you know this this sisterhood building that we try with this initiative that I have here or with other network events or all over the world with with other organizations that are doing things to create female communities it is as if we would work against it by pronouncing this how does this feel to you I think it's all, it's you're so spot on when you say that we don't talk about this in the workplace the one thing I will say though is everyone is aware of it men are aware of it women are very aware of it as well because I have had men like you know when I have these conversations with men they say it clearly they say that there is no sisterhood at work they're they're very aware of it so people can see it but it's it's like the elephant in the room that no one is talking about which is one of the reasons because um it's close to my heart because I have experienced it and I've seen other women experiencing it And it's time we start talking about it. It's time we start addressing it because there are solutions. It doesn't have to be this way. This doesn't have to continue. If we say that we are like women make up 50% of the world's population and we are coming more and more into leadership roles every single day, you hear of another milestone that has been achieved. So now more than ever, it's important to look within ourselves and to really examine our unconscious biases our conscious biases, our behaviors, what's the narrative, what is the rhetoric in our minds when I see another woman, when I feel threatened, how am I behaving, what is my reaction? Because we are in positions of power now. And being in a position of power, like Shakespeare said, with great power comes great responsibility. So we have a responsibility 
to ourselves and to each other to ensure that we are walking our talk, to ensure that we are treating people fairly as well. There's a very interesting TED talk by this woman called uh, Kristen Presner, and she invented, it's, it's around unconscious bias, and she said that flip it to test it. And I would strongly encourage every female leader out there to really examine their unconscious biases. How do you react when someone on your team asks you either for a raise or for a promotion or for a new project where they want to be in, where they want to be visible? How is it that you react to that? Do you, do you unconsciously say, oh, this so-and-so person is pushy, so-and-so person is aggressive? You know, really see what, what is it, what's the dialogue in your mind? And then step back and really go deep in it within it. And you have tools at your disposal. For example, if you feel someone is not ready, make them ready, prepare them for it, give them proper tools, like professional tools to fill in whatever gaps that they're there, rather than clamping down so hard on them and suppressing their voice. Don't do that. I think the idea of flipping it is extremely powerful. That came to my mind as well when, when I thought about solutions, because if you want to detect unconscious bias, it's obviously unconscious, so we, don't, we are not aware of that. And just asking ourselves a few questions doesn't really help, but flipping the perspective is totally different. So if you answer in a certain tone or with even a certain content to a woman in that, a specific situation, imagine that this woman is a man or vice versa. Yeah, If it's a man, if it would be a woman, would you react exactly the same way? And this is how we can detect actually that there is bias because many of us as naturally, yeah, people will say, there's no bias. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm fully aware. And when you flip the roles, when you flip between male, female, and imagine that you're speaking to the other gender instead, then you realize, oh, oh there's huge bias because actually I wouldn't say it like this if that was a man or vice versa. And this is where we can detect that. And I think it's a cool exercise even to do once the opposite, to force yourself to do exactly the opposite, yeah? to speak to a woman like it was a man or the other way around, to just realize what happens. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I've done it myself, you know, because biases do exist, right? I mean, whether we like it, whether we like to admit it or not, we do have biases um, against certain behaviors, against certain individuals, because I have worked with women that are very strong that are, and, and it is intimidating initially. And one of the things that I have actually done is taken a step back and say, oh my God, I love how strong this individual is. I love her strength because there is something to be said, you know, for someone who is achieving their goals, who is forging ahead. And that has really helped, you know, when you take a step back and rather than saying, oh, I find this behavior so obnoxious or so aggressive and saying, I love this individual's strength. And let me, let me express that to this person. And I've done that. I've told other women that I love how strong you are. And it's amazing how that changes the relationship very quickly because all of a sudden she's like, okay, I'm not being penalized for being strong. I'm not being penalized for speaking my mind, but here is someone who appreciates it. We do that with men, right? I mean, why is it that we seek out specific mentors? We seek them out for their ability to groom us, for their strength, for their way of expressing themselves. This is why we have mentors. The same applies to other women as well. If you see someone 
who really expresses herself and who, who is so comfortable in their power of expressing themselves. I think that's a great thing. Call that behavior out. When you see positive behaviors being demonstrated, say it, express the appreciation. That's how you change the narrative rather than then feeling threatened by each other and intimidated and saying, oh my God, if she gets it, I won't get it. I have to elbow my way. No, mm. there is a different way. And I think it's about admitting that there can be jealousy. It's one of these emotions that people never want to admit. <laughs> Probably the one that we hide in front of ourselves also the best as we can, because we, we don't like to be jealous. Yeah, that looks, this is just not a nice thing to do and to have. But I think it's really admitting that, that and then you can transform it into respect or admiration. Because if you just admit, okay, I'm a bit jealous of her because she's really strong, she's really talented. And reflect on if you are maybe not confident enough and this is why you have this feeling of jealousy because you feel like you're not to the same level than this person and this is where it comes up. But then by expressing, like you say, and telling her and say, hey, I really admire how you are. Wow, this is wonderful. This is absolutely great. Opens for the person the door to evolve towards this kind of personality as well because we can only become what we admit that we admire it. You cannot become rich if you hate rich people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's exactly no. the same thing here. You cannot become a strong, powerful woman if you, you don't hate them maybe, but if you have this jealousy and negative feelings towards yes. them. Yes, 100%. And another amazing thing comes out of this, right? I mean, once you start expressing admiration or at least observing the behavior that you actually like in someone, what makes you jealous perhaps, There is, an, there is an opportunity for partnership. And together, great things can happen. In fact, a lot of the initiatives that I have implemented, has they have been in partnership with other women, other very strong women as well, because I'm a strong woman and I'm very proud of that fact. You know, And when you partner with another strong woman, we can really bring in changes. It is very possible, but you can't do that. You cannot implement those changes. You cannot bring in, implement initiatives if you're intimidated, if you're jealous, if you're threatened. We can't succeed alone. Success comes always in partnership with other people. Now, the other thing I do want to say is, of course, you know, if there is bullying behavior, you, you need to call it out. You need to either, if you have the ability to dialogue with the person and if they actually have the awareness to listen, must speak up. Now, if that is not available, if you find that that path is, is not open for you, then you need to find another path. If I'm in a situation at work where I have a boss that is not very in favor of me, or I have the feeling that I'm the victim who, who never will be able to step up because everything that I do successfully is not really valued, not really seen. And I have that feeling that because I am a woman and she's a woman, she will never let me step up mm -hmm. to the different level. What is the first thing? Let's just you know, bring it down to some very simple steps. Okay. I'll tell you what I have done and I've been in that situation and actually not not too very long ago and where I was not progressing and I felt like no matter what I did there was nothing there was no there was no progress there was no opportunity and one of the things that I did was I stopped fighting I stopped trying to prove myself so much because sometimes like although people say they want a different perspective They don't necessarily want a different perspective. They want you to agree with them. 
and they want you to support them. Now, the one thing I will say, if someone is in a position of authority, if, they're in a, if they are, are in a leadership position, like it or not, what th their decision is what's going to go. And I'm not saying this is the right thing. We're not debating morality over here. We're talking about a practical approach. And this is what worked for me because I, I was in a position where I really felt like I was really wanted to do the right thing. And I wanted to bring in all these changes because I, I could see like the gaps were so glaring, but it was harming me. It was harming my career progress. It was harming me as an individual, like my, my mental well-being, my physical well-being. And I stopped and I'm like, no, no more fighting. I'm going to support this individual because he or she is in a leadership authority right now when I'm there I can do what I want to do right now I'm gonna I'm gonna be supportive and that's what I started doing I started supporting her in in what she wanted to do and how she wanted to communicate and I've like I really observed directly that the struggle stopped because this was an internal struggle as well as an external struggle and the minute I stopped fighting the individual actually was no longer there that they were just no longer a part of my world anymore. And then someone better came along. And I really feel like stop the struggle. This is the first thing I would say. The, the other thing that I think, you know, you can do immediately is really watch your narrative towards other women. And it starts on a daily basis. You know, like when I see someone walking down the street, we are so program to say, oh, look at what she's wearing. Look at how she's walking. No, stop that. She has a right to wear whatever she wants, irrespective of her body shape. It doesn't matter. It's so daily. It's really like, you know, they, they say it starts at the dining table. Start with that. And you will see how quickly it changes. So I, I would say like, stop the struggle. And if you are a woman, give other women space to express themselves, give them the space to allow them to be assertive, to create their boundaries, support them, help them the same way that you would do with other men in the workplace. These are three really good tips, I think. And the stop fighting is really the first step because how you act, others react. That's why it's called like that. There's always an exchange between two human beings and one has to start to change this paradigm of ping pong that is happening, to bring it to a different level and waiting that the other one starts you can wait forever. <laughs> you can stay in this situation squeezed forever. I always say it starts with you. Everything starts with you. Yeah, I like these ideas. Like you say, that we stop comparing ourselves with other women, with other people in general. It's very helpful for our self-confidence as well. Just stop comparing and stop judging for what, you know, why would you judge other people? Is this really making you feel better? I mean, people do it because then they think they feel better. And if it's stronger or more beautiful or whatever. Yes. But at the end, it's not a true, it's not a true feeling. It's a fake thing that we build up by judging others. And it makes us ultimately feel even worse about ourselves. So just having this in mind that it's a counterproductive process that we do when we judge other people and the third one yeah giving space again start by doing it and then you might experience quicker to give, be given space as well on the other side absolutely the the only person you should be competing with every day is yourself exactly. be better today than you were yesterday and then automatically you find the progress comes the opportunity comes along. People want to partner with you because you are so secure within yourself that you no longer have to sort of compete. You're just doing your work. You're delivering on a day-to-day -day basis. And you are so 
secure within yourself because once you're secure within yourself, once you have that foundation within yourself, you don't need to, you don't need to put someone else down to feel better about yourself. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.